It's so wonderful to have the choir with us. And, uh, and uh, we've had, over the years at KT, we've had a lot of Norwegians come and be part of the church. Many of, we've even had quite a few on staff. And uh, you're such a musical people, aren't you? A musical nation. I've always noticed that. Thank you again for coming. We appreciate it. And, and congratulations on your 25th. I celebrated mine a few years ago, too. So. <laughs> I want to bring a word, a spiritual word into your life this evening. And to bring relief from spiritual and physical paralysis. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 2, verse 1, one of my favorite miracles that Jesus did. Because in this miracle, it was a miracle on the inside And it was a miracle on the outside. How many of you know God wants to touch you spiritually and physically and mentally? It's a whole salvation for the whole of humankind, body, soul and spirit. And again, Jesus entered Capernaum and after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. And they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Sons, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. This is such a wonderful miracle of Jesus. Like I said, because the greater miracle in this account is not the physical miracle, but the spiritual miracle that took place. But it's interesting, without the physical miracle that took place in this account, there would have been no testimony to the spiritual miracle. I mean, this is what Jesus said. He said, my son, your sins are forgiven you. What happened? What was visible? What, what could people see? Absolutely nothing. I mean, you can see the terrible situation that this paralyzed man was in. I mean, he was totally, utterly paralyzed, you know, from the neck right down to the feet. He couldn't move in any shape or form. He was as stiff as cardboard. 
And so there he is. They've managed to get him through the roof. And Jesus says these incredible words. Your sins are forgiven you. And how does the man react? Well, he can't react physically. He can't move. He can't even smile. At most, maybe he can blink his eyes a little bit. But he can't react. And so the response of the Pharisees is like, oh, who does he think he is? Nobody can forgive sins except God. And they were right about that. They didn't know that God incarnate was standing right there in that room. They didn't know that. But also they were saying, hey, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to pronounce such sins? Only God can do this. Now, if Jesus had just left things as they were, there would have been a question mark over his authority to forgive sins. And so Jesus says, look, so that you know that the Son of Man has authority or power on earth, power on earth to forgive sins. What we need more than anything on earth today is what he did that day, which is bring power to this earth to forgive and cleanse mankind of its sins. It's the greatest power in the world to be able to forgive sins. It's the, great, the greatest sickness in the world. It's not cancer or paralysis of the body. But the greatest sickness in the earth today is sin. Sin is a spiritual sickness. It's not just something you do or you have your sins and, oh, how many sins did you commit today? And, oh, I've got this pet sin and I take it around with me, my pets. Sin is a sickness. In fact, it's a hereditary disease. Do you know that? If you to ask me for a definition, a biblical definition of sin, I would say that sin is a hereditary spiritual disease. I'll say that again. Sin is a hereditary spiritual disease. You've got that. Why? Because it was passed down from Adam and Eve right through mankind. And every human being that has ever lived has been contaminated by the hereditary sickness of sin except Jesus. And that's why he was born of a virgin. And so Jesus here is bringing healing to a man. But the people that are observing, they can't see what's going on on the inside of that man, and neither can that man testify. So when Jesus then comes and says, all right, I'm going to bring demonstration. How many of you know that the gospel is not just audio? It's visual. The gospel is not just words, but it comes with power, and with demonstration in the physical world. The gospel is not just about spiritual things, although spiritual things are the most important things, because spiritual things are eternal things. But the gospel also manifests, manifests in the physical world. So that you might know, Jesus is saying, that I have authority to forgive sins on earth, I say to you, take your pallet and rise. And when the man was healed, it was an evidence or a testimony 
that what Jesus, when Jesus spoke the word, your sins are forgiven, it came with the same power when he said, get up off your bed and walk. That whatever Jesus said when he spoke into the spiritual world or the physical world carries the same authority and is backed by the same power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I believe that when Jesus came to this man, and, and when you step back a little bit, it's an incredible story. And there's, I love this account because there's so many different angles that you can come to it at. I mean, you can preach your whole sermon just on the four men that brought the paralyzed person to church. I mean, he couldn't get there. I mean, I wonder where he lived. Did he live down the street? It wouldn't have made any difference. If he had lived next door, it wouldn't have made any difference because he was unable to get himself into the presence of Jesus. Somebody must have taken compassion on that man before Jesus did. Somebody must have thought, hey, you've heard about so-and-so, and he's been paralyzed for however many years, and, and he lies there in his bed day after day after day, not moving, not turning, paralyzed. Maybe we'd just like to help the child outside and then bring her back in when she's more comfortable. That would be good. Maybe if you just like to take the child out, just for a few moments, you can bring her straight back in when she's, when she's better. It just means we can concentrate. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Thank you. It would help if you just took your daughter out just for a few moments. She's not comfortable and I can't really preach. She's a better preacher than me. She's got more volume <laughs> than I have. And, I don't, and it, she's distressed and I don't want to be distressed until she's comfortable. There she goes. Okay. So... Um, <clears throat> so she was so he was he was in this situation and he couldn't get himself to Jesus. Do you know there's a lot of people we know and they may not be physically paralyzed, but they are spiritually paralyzed and they can't get themselves to Jesus. That they're, they're not going to leave their sit their houses and their places of work on their own accord and turn up at Kensington Temple at 7 o'clock on their own accord. They're not going to do it. They're spiritually paralysed and unable to do that. And, and if this man had not been carried, and not just carried to church, if I can use that word where Jesus was, not just carried to church... But when they got there, there was no room and, you, and the faith that made them say, no, we, we've come too far not to meet with Jesus. We're going to open up the ceiling. We're going to do whatever it takes to get him into his presence because we know that if we get him into Jesus' presence, something can happen. And God is calling on us to be stretcher bearers and to carry those that are spiritually 
paralyzed. And by our faith, carry them into the presence of Jesus, where they will find healing for the inner man as well as healing for the outer man. Do you notice that when Jesus was dealing with this situation, he said, when he saw their faith, he touched the person. Not when he saw the paralytic faith. We don't know if he had faith or not. We don't know. He was paralyzed. He couldn't express it if he did. But when he saw their faith, God is looking for the church to have fresh faith for souls. Fresh faith for souls and fresh, fresh faith to bring people into an encounter with God. Because they didn't carry him really on a stretcher. They carried him on their faith. Because you can have people that are stretcher bearers, but a stretcher or carrying physically that man on a stretcher would not get him to the place where they had to get him. They had to have faith that broke through into the place where Jesus was on behalf of the man. And we're not going to win souls unless we can carry people on the stretcher of our faith until we break through on their behalf and bring them to the presence of Jesus. You see, we're waiting for people to come to Jesus, but we have to carry them. You know, it's not even enough to invite somebody to come to a gospel service or a Holy Spirit service or church or to a cell meeting because an invitation is not enough. You have to then, by faith and intercession, carry them. How many of you believe that God answers prayer today? How many believe that God intervenes in the affairs of mankind? How many of you also can experience that if God had left you as you were and had left you where you wanted to be, you'd have never come to him? But somehow, and usually by the means of someone, you are carried on prayer and witness, love and service, until they broke through and brought you into the presence of the Master, where he bring healing on the inside and healing on the outside as well as signs. You are carriers. You see, sometimes we get discouraged or despondent about people that haven't yet got saved. That's the battle. They were carrying that man on that stretcher. And there must have been times they were like, how far is it to this place? Maybe they went to the wrong place. Jesus wasn't there. Jesus didn't turn up. Oh, he's moved on to the next village. He's moved on to the next street. But they kept carrying it. And the weight and burden... You know, the weight and burden of carrying somebody by faith can sometimes be so heavy that you put them down. Come on, we've been there. You know, we've been there. There's people we want to see saved. There's people we want to see with their sins forgiven. Family members, friends, colleagues, people we want to see healed on the inside from spiritual paralysis. And there's times when we've carried them a few yards in prayer. Carried them a few yards in testimony. But because we haven't reached the place of breakthrough, we've got discouraged, disheartened, and despondent, and we've put the stretcher down. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of us today 
to say, to say, pick the stretcher up and keep walking towards me. Because you have been placed with that individual for a purpose. Do you believe that God is a God of purpose? Do you believe that nothing happens by accident? Nothing happens by accident. Whether good or evil, helpful or unhelpful, nothing happens by accident. That's how we can get through life. Because even when the devil does his work, God can turn it to good. Nothing happens by accident. These people that you know, it's not by accident. You say they're resistant. They're not interested. It's not by accident that you know them. It's not by accident the place that you live. It's not by accident the college that you attend. It's not by accident where you're working, even if it's only temporary in your mind. It's not by accident. Nothing occurs by accident. And the importance is to see what the Spirit is doing in every situation. The Lord is saying... Carry these people. And they must have been exhausted and tired and despondent. And then when they get to the place, so often, isn't it, you invite somebody to a meeting or, or to, a, to, to some sort of evangelistic event and they're up for it and then the, then the night before, can't make it, I'm ill. Or you're waiting outside Kensington Temple and waiting and waiting. The devil's a liar. See, it's spiritual. See it for what it is. It's not natural. It's spiritual. They carried him physically. There's physical things we need to do. If you don't invite someone, they won't be invited. But the real carrying was by faith. And when they got to that house, well, before they got to that house, they saw all these crowds around the house. And their hearts must have just dropped. All this way. There's just no way we're going to get in. And you know what people are like when Jesus is in the house? They're not going to give you a seat for anybody. You know, we've been queuing for this gospel crusade all day to get the best seat in the house. Yeah, but we've got someone who's paralyzed. Well, that's not, that's not my problem. I need the anointing. I need the blessing. And, but they made a way where there was no way. There's always a way. Listen to me, there's always a way. Even when there is no way, there is a way. You just haven't seen it yet. I believe it was God the Holy Spirit that came on those carriers. I believe it was God the Holy Spirit who saw their faith and showed them a way to get into the place of the Master. And so it says when Jesus saw their faith, he blessed that man. In other words, if they hadn't had faith that carried, that man would never have been healed. You hear what I'm saying? God wants to partner with us. God wants to partner with you. Let your faith, turn your faith loose on people. Turn your faith, if you believe, I don't even believe in free will. The Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about free will. Your will is either a slave to Satan and sin or a slave to God, which is freedom. No, no, no one is free. It just depends who your master is. No one is free. You're not free to choose. 
You're not free to choose. You're either a slave to sin and the enemy and paralyzed, dead in your sins and transgressions, Ephesians says. How much more paralyzed can a man or woman get than being dead spiritually? As soon as someone dies physically, the whole stiffening rigor mortis sets in. Well, if someone's dead spiritually, you see, this is why God wants us to intervene. God wants us to call those things that are not as though they were, and he wants us to, to believe God and pray to God that there be resurrection in people's souls, that the dead would become alive in Christ, raised up. God is partnering with us. And he's encouraging us, saying, if you believe him, this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where we believe in the supernatural, that God can turn any sinner, any sinner to Christ, any sinner to Christ. God can do it. God can intervene. Well, what if they don't want to? Well, I didn't want to, but God made me want to. He turned my won't into want. He turned my no into yes. How did he do it? By a miracle of the Holy Spirit whose main purpose on earth today is to come and to convict people unto righteousness. God the Holy Spirit is the key to the salvation of your loved ones. He's the key. He can override the human propensity to sin. He can come into someone's life and cause them to be born again. He can invade their lives and turn their no's to yeses. Come on now. Is anything too hard for the Holy Spirit? Do you really think a human being can stand against the conviction of the Holy Spirit partnered with the church? When the Holy Spirit was poured out, he needed a church to pray and preach the gospel. He needs his vessels. He chooses his vessels. But when his vessels are filled with the Spirit and ready, he will use us. God is fixing to save thousands and thousands of people through us. You say, oh, I'm struggling. Yeah, it's the faith, isn't it? You're struggling to carry that in your spirit. Because everything that takes place of God has to first be born in your spirit before it's done in the physical. It's always the spiritual first, then the physical. Your will be done as it is in heaven. Bring it down to earth. First the spiritual, then the physical. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I wish that was all we wrestled against. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Why? Because first the spiritual. If you wrestle with flesh and blood, then you will achieve nothing in your life. Because the powers and the principalities and the demons that are pulling the strings on the puppet of those that are in sin. They're the devil's puppets. Do you know that? And Christians that are loose in sin, they are the devil's puppets. He's pulling your strings. He's pulling their strings. And we can play with the puppets all we like, but someone's got to cut the strings. Someone's got to take the sword of the Spirit and the prayer of faith and the persistence of a Christ Christian and cut the cut the chains and cut the puppet strings. The devil's in the power of the end. He's like this. He's got his puppet here hands on. And he's trying with the puppets on earth, the slaves of Satan, because the Bible says that Satan is the God of this age. 
He's the prince of the principality of the air. He's a control freak. And while you're dealing with the puppets, if I can use that word, because that's what you are. Because you're not free unless you've been born again. You're Satan and sin's puppets. You think you're free, but you're doing exactly what your slave master, sin, wants you to do. You're a puppet on a string. But God wants us to go into the heavenlies and begin to do warfare against the spiritual by our actions, our prayer and our faith and begin to sever the puppet strings of the enemy first in our lives and then in the lives of this city, this nation and this world. God is looking for interventionists. The Holy Spirit is a partner. He's looking for partners. He is the senior partner. It's not just a wonderful title for a book from, a book from David Yungi Cho, the Holy Spirit, my senior partner. This is what the word fellowship means. We talk about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about, oh, after the service, there'll be tea, biscuits, and fellowship. Would you like to stay behind for fellowship? Tea, biscuits, and tea. No, thanks. How about this? Come, join me, fellowship with me, and together we can bring order to the universe. That's the type of fellowship, because fellowship, the word koinonia, means partnership. Partnership. When Jesus called Peter and the fishermen, they left their boats with the koinonias, the partners. It's the word partnership. And so when we talk about the love of God and the grace of Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we're talking partnership. God is looking for partners on earth. You are the junior partner of the Holy Spirit. Junior, not senior. I've said this before. Many of us have lived our lives like we're the senior partner and the Holy Spirit's a junior partner. Good Holy, There you go, Holy Spirit. Good boy. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you do this for me? Oh, Holy Spirit, would you do that for me? Oh, Holy Spirit, I don't really like that in the word. I'm not going to be doing that. But you still love me anyway because you're a Holy Spirit of grace. And by the way, Holy Spirit, can I have a new job? And by the way, Holy Spirit, can you do that? Good boy, good boy, Holy Spirit. You're off, you're off, you go, run off and do it again. And if you don't do what I say, then this partnership's over. Yeah, I'm joking a little bit. But that's junior. He's the senior partner. You want a radical change in your life? Start treating the Holy Spirit as your senior partner partner. I'm reading a book by, um, I've forgotten his name. Um, he's got out of my head. But I know the title, and the title is The Most Important Person on Planet Earth. Miles Monroe. Thank you. The Most Important Person on Earth. I'm halfway through it. My, by Miles Monroe. The Most Important Person on Earth. I don't know. I was sitting in Colin's office and I just was looking at his book, uh, at his bookcase, not that what he wasn't saying was interesting, but I was just looking at his bus- bookcase at the books, and I saw this book, and, I, and it was just the edge of it said, the most important person on planet Earth. I thought, that's an interesting book. And I picked it up, and obviously, it's all about the Holy Spirit. He's the most important person on planet Earth. He's the senior partner. He's not just goosebumps. He's not just gifts of the Spirit, healings and prophecies. He's not just anointings and empowerments. No, he's a person. He's a very clever person. 
He's a very wise person. He's a very gracious person. He's an extremely jealous person in all its wonderful jealousy. And he's looking for you to part. I just think a word for some of you tonight, whatever else I've said, for some of you tonight, it's the Holy Spirit is the most important person for you on this earth. And he wants a partnership with you. Now back to this place. I mean, Jesus understood what the greatest miracle was. Always spiritual first. Always spiritual first. And the greatest miracle that took place here was that he was paralyzed on the inside by sin. Paralyzed. And so when Jesus said that to him, I mean, you couldn't see it. But imagine what was going on on the inner man. You know, the New Testament often talks about our outer man and our inner man. The outer man is decaying day by day, but our inner man is being renewed. An outer man and an inner man. Well, his outer man was stiff as cardboard. But when Jesus said, I mean, son, your sins are forgiven you. The sweetest words that could ever be said in your life by the sweetest voice that could ever say them. My son, my daughter, your sins are forgiven you. What must have been going on in the inner man as those words echoed in his spirit and the power behind those words as guilt and shame and fear and anxiety flooded right out of his inner man. And all of a sudden on the inside, he's brand new. Brand new. And nobody can see it. At most he can flicker an eyelid, but on the inside he is dancing. He is singing. He is jumping. He can't express it physically but something has happened on the inside of him. He is born again. How many born again people do we have here tonight? It is the most wonderful thing in the world to be born again. Not the old man made over. Not the old you dressed up but a new you, the you that God wants, wanted you to be, a new you, not an old you enslaved by sin, but a new you which has power to do what God has called you to do and to live free in his service. But after this, he did do the physical healing. And you know, every time... Somebody is healed, it's a testimony to the fact that the greater miracle is that God gives forgiveness. Now we know that salvation is threefold. Spirit, soul and body. And that salvation is past, present and future. Past, spirit. If you're born again, if you're a believer here tonight, you have been saved. You are born again, you are a new creation. You cannot be more spiritually saved than you are today because you have a new nature. You're born again. Totally 100% saved for eternity. Spirit, you have been saved. But you are being saved. Soul, your mind, 
your emotions, your intellect, your will. God is saving your soul. He's sanctifying your soul. You're going to heaven, but how many know we're not quite like we'll be when we get there? We're a work in progress. We've been saved, we're born again. But our soul is being sanctified. Our mind is being renewed. We are in the process of having that salvation come into our daily experience. You understand? And then finally, we are going to be saved. Past, present, future. Which part of us has yet to be saved at, at anywhere, in any way and in any shape or form? Body. Better not to use the term flesh because that can mean spiritual things too. But yes, body. Your physical body, I don't know if you've noticed, but when you got born again, gentlemen, you didn't sort of like wake up like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s. <laughs> or ladies, you didn't wake up like whoever. <laughs> in fact, since you got saved, some of us were deteriorating. We have to apply more dye to the hair. You know what I'm saying? But one day... Full healing will come to our bodies, and that's the day of resurrection. And if, if, if we're dead, we won't be raised like we are now. We'll be raised gloriously, perfectly. So that means that healing is a sample and a sign of the fullness of the resurrection to come. Yeah? So some people, not all people, unfortunately, get healed on this earth. I mean, even those that Jesus healed, healed died again, didn't they? This paralyzed man got healed, but he was later on in his end of his life paralyzed by death, wasn't he? So healing is important because it is a sign. Not only is it a sign, but it is a blessing. God loves those that are, 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 are feeling ill and God wants to heal them. But in the end, the fullness of healing will only come on the day of resurrection. But we have to grab as much as we can get. And I tell you what, this healing wouldn't have taken place without human faith. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is so much more healing for the body of Christ. So much more. So much more, but it takes a pressing in. There's more healings, more miracles, more gifts of the Spirit. Seek earnestly the gifts. Why? Because you'll get more. Seek earnestly healing in the body of Christ. Why? You'll get more. I attended a church where there was no healings. Why? Because we didn't believe in them. Oh, didn't believe in them. Didn't get it. Well, it's not rocket science. If you don't have faith for it, you're not going to get it. But when we come to churches where we're believing, we're faith carriers, and we're not just ourselves for healing, but we're carrying others by faith into the healing, into the power of healing. What are we doing? We're making a demand on the anointing of heaven, saying, Lord, more healing. I, I believe the days are coming when the healing power is going to be so strong in a revived body of Christ that, that the exception will be the person that's not healed. We'll be going, I don't understand, Lord. I don't understand. Everybody got healed but one. Oh, glory to God. I feel the healing anointing right now. If you, if you have problems, I had this earlier, with shoulders, I especially feel shoulders or, or arms, where you have problems with mobility, I want you to leave your seats and come on the platform right now. Arms or shoulders, that area, you've got problems with mobility. If you're upstairs, we'll wait for you. Come down right now. Quickly now. Yep, come on up on the platform. Lord, I just release a healing power right now across your congregation. Healing for the inner man. If you're a guest in this place today, 
You've heard enough that if you believe that Jesus died for your sins on the cross and that he rose again, then you have been healed tonight. You have been healed on the inside. Take your place in the body of Christ. Can I have the uh, microphone, Christian? Whatever need you have, physically and spiritually, now, it may be that there's an area of your inner person that is, uh, what's the word, paralyzed, you know what I'm saying? Maybe some area of your emotions has been paralyzed, you've been treated so bad in the past, hurt so bad, and something inside you is paralyzed. The capacity to love or to receive love, I'm hearing that from the Spirit. The capacity to... I like that, Jonathan, you're picking, I like that. Turn Jonathan up a bit. I'm healing, I'm hearing that there's a healing for the emotions in this place tonight. People that have been burnt, seared in their past, and you've lost the capacity to receive love or to trust that someone cares. God is releasing upon you right where you are a healing touch. Open your heart. See, some people, you're like, you're like a closed flower. The Holy Spirit shows me. Closed flower. Because once, in earlier days, that flower was open and vulnerable and ready to feel the light and the warmth of love, human love. But something happened and that flower closed strong. It's all right, sweetheart. Just receive it right where you are. He's, that's right. He's touching you. And you're closed. Well, God is moving tonight and he's opening the petals. Just trust him. You're going to feel the heat of God's love. Right in this building, if that's you, or areas of your life. Come on now, I can feel the hit. I can feel that this is a word that's flowing in my sister's life there. But there's other people. There's men in this place. You've closed off. You've shut down, friend. You've shut down. On the inside, you're shut down. You're shut down, my friend. I'm talking to ladies, but I'm talking to men. You're shut down. There's men that are just shut down on the inside, my friend. You're shut down. Lost the capacity to feel. Occasionally, occasionally, something tremors on the inside. Occasionally, something moves you, but then doesn't move you. It's like flickers, flickers on the inside, and then shut down again. Don't live shut down. I've been there. I've done that. You don't want to live shut down. You don't want to live shut down, my friends. You don't want to live shut down. It's a lonely place to be. God. Sending his Holy Spirit upon you now. Because the gospel is for the brokenhearted. And God doesn't want any stony hearts. I'm not talking now about stony hearts of sin. I'm talking about hearts that have lost feeling. Lost human feeling. From humans. The capacity to receive. There's people in this place... If someone said they loved you, you wouldn't even believe them because you don't love yourself. There's people in this place, if someone paid you a genuine compliment, you wouldn't receive it. 
You dismiss it right there and then. Why? Because you think you're beyond complimenting. Yet you are a daughter and a son of the living God. And healing is in this place for the paralyzed heart. Healing for the paralyzed heart. Softening. You need to come to the Holy Spirit and warm yourself by his fire. Listen, it's the word of the Lord. Warm yourself by his fire. I know he's a burning fire. He's not out to consume you. He understands your hurt, your pain, and you're shut down and the ice that's inside. But if you come in times like this and right now, there's a warmth of the Holy Spirit. And just like physically, if you're cold and you warm yourself by the fire, takes a while but it begins to warm you through you go into a cold house it's cold and you turn on the central heating probably never turn it off in Norway but you turn on the central heating and it's freezing and the heating's on but it takes a while doesn't it for the house to warm through God's warmth healing and all you have to do is open what you can to him right now. Just say, Lord, touch me, heal me right where I am right now. I open my heart to you. Flower of my life, I open to you. Lord, healing, warmth. We're not going to do anything for God unless we've got soft, simple, childlike hearts. Do you remember when you meet a child? A little child has got a soft heart. A little child should have a soft heart. But when we get through life, sometimes that softness goes. God wants to restore an innocence before him of soft hearts. Glory to God. You just, you just let that anointing work in you. We're going to see... What's your situation? Um, pain in my um, shoulder going down my arm. How long have you been suffering from that? Like a week. A week, a week. Yeah. All right. Okay. What's your first name? Tunde. Tunde. In the name of Jesus Christ, Tunde, receive the healing power of the Holy Spirit. The God who heals on the inside and heals on the outside. This pain, this awkwardness, it's not paralysis, but it's painful. In the name of Jesus, we speak to the root cause of it and we pray healing power. Healing power. Just test it out. Who's next? What's your situation? Uh, my right shoulder. Uh, it's up every so often. And uh, when you said to come up, I thought, yes. Do you have difficulty in mobility with it or yes, pain? Yes, I do. I had an underactive thyroid and I think it was Econet, the muscles. So it's... Um, and your first name? Olivia. Olivia, it's this one, is it? This arm? Yes. Olivia, in the name of Jesus, we, as a congregation, we release our faith. We carry you, carry her congregation, carry her right now in the wings of your faith, and we release the healing power of God into your whole arm and shoulder area. Be healed.
be healed. Just begin to move that arm, Olivia. Just begin to move it around. Lord, just release that. Like the oil of the Holy Spirit. Move it around. Do things that would normally be uncomfortable. That would normally be uncomfortable. Extend it. Pardon? It's better. It's better. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Who's next? For sure. Christian, do you want to come up with me? Help me. What's, just come forward. It's all right. What's your name? Almas. Almas. What's the situation? My situation is um, uh, uh, shoulders. And, shoulders. And my neck and it comes through. Comes right through. How long have you been suffering from this? Uh, it's over 10 years. 10 years? Yes. Do you know, have the doctors said anything about this? Uh, uh, trap nerve. Trap nerve. I think it's demonic. Not, it's not your fault, but I, I believe there's a demonic element in this. And we're, and we're going we're gonna to rele release that right now. Like I said, thank God for natural healing, but sometimes you've got to go to the root. Just lift your arms to the Lord. Almas, in, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the work of the enemy that we believe that is at the root of this. We go past the physical manifestation to the spiritual root of this pain and we identify it and believe it to be a work of the enemy and so in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth loose her Satan we break the power of this demonic power that's, that's at the root of this pain we break it in the name of Jesus now receive your deliverance and your freedom Holy Spirit release your daughter the presence of healing power in the name of Jesus Lord from the top of the arms right through to the hands and the fingers Lord from the shoulder right through we release the healing deliverance you just let the Lord minister to you right there don't move just let it you got a problem with no uh, yeah I um, I was cycling about one year ago and yeah. I crashed and I tore some ligaments off and um it's very hard for them to heal basically and still there's a gap in between the shoulder and the upper side of the bone there and it's quite difficult to lift things and to even make basic movements sometimes it hurts father we pray together we carry our brother lord to your throne of mercy we say lord release healing a quickening a miraculous supernatural healing of the ligaments in this place in the name of Jesus we release healing and strength Lord renew Lord we pray that you will renew all the ligaments all the areas that you will make it as good as new if not better make it better than new Lord <sighs> breathe on this area Lord and let there be total healing in the name of Jesus Can I have the ministry team at the front has any of the ministry team got healing words? Any got healing words? Just, just. Yeah, I sense in the spirit that maybe someone go to heart condition, like a sharp pain in the heart. Please come and I'm gonna pray. Heart for you. conditions. Anybody else got a healing healing word? Yeah, while we're praying, uh, I got a picture of someone who's suffering from fibroid. Fibroid says he's here to heal such a person today. Yeah. Um, I had a 
a word for somebody who had um, a bad shoulder in their right side, orange jumper, glasses. So I don't know if there's anybody here as I prayed, the Lord laid that on my heart with someone with glasses, orange, orange jumper and um, shoulder joint pain in their right shoulder. Is there anybody there that fits that description and a wave at us? Daniel, did you say you had what? Anybody else got healing? Okay, let's have, Okay, what we're going to do, we're going to open up the front for healing. And it can be for any of the things that we've spoken about and more. It might be that uh, you want prayer from somebody for something that God's doing in your heart. You're welcome. Or you may just want to receive it where you are as we worship the Lord for the next five or ten, ten minutes. Also, if you don't yet speak in tongues and you want to, come out we want to pray for you I promised the people at the five o'clock that we'd be doing that speaking in tongues is the most wonderful gift I'll be speaking on it at the five o'clock next week if you don't yet speak in tongues come but don't come wondering if you'll get it come and get it amen amen let's all stand together if you need to leave at any time you're welcome to leave if you need ministry we're here for you but we're just going to spend time in the presence of the Lord. And those that need to go are welcome to go. Those that need prayer are welcome for prayer. And those that just want to minister to the Lord, we can minister to the Lord.